Can you think of anything that links these two films together? No. <laughs> okay. Two movies so unrelated we can't even think of an intro. We're doing Pain and Gain and Paddington on episode 129 of Have You Seen? Sorry, I just had the, the hilarious vision in my head is what if you what if you squ- swap the casts? <laughs> Then you get Ted. <laughs> That's true, yeah. <laughs> Hello, lovely internet people. Welcome to the uh, rather delayed episode 129 of Have You Seen? Uh, many apologies, as usual. Uh, this time, I've been looking for somewhere to live. So that's been <laughs> taking up all of my time. Uh, I'm yeah. Kieran, and there is Tom. Hello. I'm sure he'll tell you what's been taking up his time. Rabbits. Yeah. Um, guitars, that sort of thing. Yeah, lots of other things as yeah. well. Uh, we, we might talk about those a bit later, perhaps. Okay. All right. So, as mentioned in the intro, the two films we're doing this week, as happens sometimes on this show, have absolutely nothing in common other than they are cinematic entertainment. Mm. Um, Tom pitched me uh, bodybuilder insanity... <laughs> Pain and gain, crime caper. Yeah, I didn't know. I don't know how to. I don't know what to say about. It. Well, we'll get to that yeah, later. exactly. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and I pitched Tom a nice, cuddly, fluffy family film, Paddington, mm. um, based on children's books of the same name. How my phone is completely screwed. I put it on airplane mode, but it still kept the four G, <laughs> the Wi Fi, and the Bluetooth all on. Nice tech. Right, yeah, so uh, we'll start with Paddington, yeah, I guess. Right. Yeah. Um, as I said, it's based on the, the books of the same name and then mm-hmm. the cartoon series, uh, much-loved British children's character. Yeah. Um, and, but what I wrote last time, uh, by way of plot explanation, uh, was that when, de- when deforestation kills his uncle, a young bear from Peru lives out his uncle's dream of visiting London. He arrives at Paddington Station and is named Thusley, and he's adopted by the Brown family, um, who are relatively nice people, apart from the father, who's one of those people who's, I don't know, he's sort of neurotic about everything. Yeah, very strict, stern. The, his glass is half empty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and throw into this uh, taxidermist Nicole Kidman, who recognises the rarity of this bear mm. and wants to stuff him. Yes. But that's the that's, that's the that's basic cool. idea of Paddington. Yeah. Mm. Um I liked it because it's extremely well made. It's funny. Mm. It's nice. Um and it's by uh Paul King, the same mm. guy who did Bunny and the Bull that we yeah. reviewed ages ago mm. and somehow in this huge budget picture mm. Produced by the same people who produced all the Harry Potter films. Yeah. He's managed to bring across some of that directorial sensibility and yeah, style in place. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Um, I particularly like some of the integration of some of the CG, mm. how well that was done. I guess we'll get on to that later. What did you think? Um, I loved it. Awesome. Yeah, I thought it was, a, like you say, it's this really sort of lovely film. Um, and it's 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 one of those just a really good quality family film mm. where you can you can see that there are elements that are going to appeal to a lot of different ages mm. and but it's not because when I saw it announced I thought oh, it's going to be lame like yeah. why would you make a feature length film with a CG Paddington yeah and then, absolutely 
like the review started coming in that it's actually really good mm. and then eventually I watched it and I'm like yeah all right I completely agree it's brilliant yeah yeah and I think that the only way you can pull some something like that off is having somebody like Paul King because it's so yes. uh his I don't know the way he kind of he looks at things in a very different way I think well, he and, came up through Mighty Boosh yeah. which is very absurdist and looking at things in an interesting Absolutely. way. Absolutely, it's very surreal mm. comedy and it's very, you know, mm. but also there's there's that integration of live action animation uh and kind of uh just like he never he doesn't seem to be feel like he's restricted by a medium yes, as it that's were. that's true. Yes. Uh, like certainly that sort of bush stuff and and mm. bunny and the bull uh where you know that you take the scene in the uh betting shop yeah where everything's almost, cardboard cut out yeah it's exa- yeah. that's exactly like uh an episode of the paddington yeah. tv show yeah, yeah, you know, so you can kind of see that because he's got that sensibility that being able to neatly segue all of those things together mm. without it feeling out of place is a you know it's a huge achievement and it, you need somebody like that to be able to do it um absolutely i think the the instances where things like that get creative are the use of the doll's house in the attic yes uh which is like a cutaway that represents the entire house and then but you actually see everybody within it in yes. their rooms yeah. and all that kind of stuff and that that was really clever and when they go to the uh the uh, antique shop yes. yeah. yeah and he tells the story about how he mm. escaped uh escaped the nazis essentially mm. um with a train set on the uh, that's on the table and i think that's really mm. sort of beautifully done the other thing i like is um the the brown family they have a spiral staircase mm. and the wall is uh is it's painted up to look like a tree with leaves. And yeah, all the rest of it. it's like a mural. And as, yes, and as things get bleak, those leaves disappear mm. and the tree shrinks. And then when everything's happy and lovely at the end, it, it all comes blossoms. back. Yeah, yeah it blossoms. Yeah. And it's not just this doesn't like happen off camera. Like, no, it's quite it. yeah, and, yeah. It's just yeah. very nice. It's it's used for accent. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I th- I thought it was um yeah it's really visually. It, well made and really beautiful and there's lots mm. of different kind of i guess styles is the wrong word but different ways of like i mean it starts with a newsreel that newsreel is so it, good it's brilliant <laughs> it's absolutely perfect it's it's the ideal setup it explains yeah everything you need to know like what how come this character can speak english why does he have a hat yeah. all of that sort of thing yeah absolutely perfect and and something that's also brilliant about it is that obviously there are big cgi elements within that mm. yet it all like they don't stick out no if that makes sense yeah um yeah it, it's it's really really well put together but the script is really really good yes either like the dialogue is really strong and i think i'd say there's only one line of dialogue that kind of sticks out as a as a real sort of broad exposition mm. moment where's that uh it's julie walters it's fairly near the end where she, where um she she pointedly says to mr brown that paddington is a is a good thing for the family and, and yeah. you know and it's kind of like yeah oh, well even it, in real life sometimes people just need telling absolutely yeah i i, I get that that's the only mm. that's that was the only moment where i kind of thought well, that was a bit kind of on the nose but then you kind of have to think well that's the reason that probably feels a bit on those to me is because I've stopped thinking of this as a as a film aimed for 
everybody including say, children and because you're 35 years exactly. old and not yeah, eight. Yeah. yeah yeah so it's you know it's kind of like when it takes you i mean that must happen about what an hour to yeah, an hour yeah. 15 minutes into the film so if it takes me that long to kind of go yeah. oh well, hang on you know it must have been doing some right something right Exa- up to that point yeah. exactly yeah um yeah but i th- i i i really i really did enjoy it and um I I, I lo- like I love um, Mr. Brown's statistics because he's a, he's a risk an- an- yes. analyst. Yes, uh, and it, some of those just really made me laugh. Uh, the well, the first one you hear is seven uh, percent of all childhood accidents start with jumping, which really, <laughs> which really made me laugh. And then I kind of thought in my case it was probably nearer seventy percent. Yeah, um, but yeah, yeah. I and like. I think that it's things like that that give a real insight into his character. Mm. And then the moment they get home with the bear, the first thing he does is get on Bring the phone. Bring the insurance company. the insurance company, company yes. to yes. up have, his... We have a guest just <laughs> for the night. He's a bear. Yeah. Yes. No, no, a real one. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I thought that was that was really funny. Um, and and the, when he's on the phone to the insurance company, that the line, line you hear back is, your call is moderately important yeah. to us. yeah. But it's like, but those are two different voices. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I and just, at the same time, that there's a there's a massive slapstick scene going on with the bathroom. Absolutely, where Paddington yeah. is attempting to wash. Yeah, and he's using the toothbrushes to clean out his ears. Yeah, uh, fighting the <laughs> fighting the, the shower possessed showerhead with a makeshift sword and shield. Yeah, and it's one of those things. It's it's like uh, you've got rather than having segments of the film that are very clearly aimed at mm. kids to enjoy and segments that are more aimed at it kind of integrates those just cross-cutting two. it, it. Cr- yeah. works really yeah, really absolutely. well and he does that throughout mm. you often get like the big set pieces are intercut with some really clever mm. sort of things that might not necessarily be picked up on by small kids at mm. least. um like one of my one of my favorite bits is when uh paddington is describing judy and how she's really good at languages and mm. she's learning Chinese. Mm. And just as you're kind of panning away from it, you hear on her like audio book yeah. thing, uh, I've been accused <laughs> I've been of accused of insider trading. trading. Yes. Yeah, I wrote that down. Yeah. And I was trying to remember where that line came from. Yeah. Uh, stuff like that really made me laugh. Um, it's just things like, um, is it the, is it when he's on the underground? He's trying. There's a bit, he's trying to work out the escalator. Oh uh, yeah, they're going to try to go down the underground. It says do- dogs must be carried. carried. He picks up a dog and yeah. takes it down the escalator. And then it says stand on right. Yes. So he get, he just gets up on his right foot. He's kind of balanced on yeah. one foot, holding a dog. Yeah. But is it there? Is it the station security there? Were they playing a guessing game with the nutrition information on the back of a back back of a packet of Oreos? Oh yeah. Later on that happens. I, yeah. yeah. It's when it's when Nicole Kidman's character wants to review the security footage. Yeah. They, yeah. They're 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 like yeah. okay right saturated fats. Yeah. Is, that, is that is that per biscuit? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. No, that made me uh, really giggle. Mm. Um. Yeah, and, and just overall, the, like, the level of animation on, on Paddington and mm. the bears in general is phenomenal. Where it really stands out, I think, is when the kids wash him. And yes. when he's dried, yeah. he goes all fluffy. Yeah. And that's just, yeah, mm. it's like, it's perfectly rendered. Yeah, I mean, the, the fur looks really perfect all the way through it. And it not only does it look like fur, it looks like bear fur. Yeah. Which, you know... To, That's to, very specific. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, like to get to a stage where CGI is so good 
that you don't just have a fur texture. You yeah. have specific, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, actually, uh, Ben Wishaw is the voice of Paddington. Yes. I think this is the best I've ever seen him. Yeah, quite possibly. Yeah. He's really good. Yeah. I mean, he's a very, I think he's a really, really good actor. Mm. But I think that when we you. We talked s- about this on the last episode. He's a, something of an oddball. Yeah, he's, he's quite an unusual guy. Yes. But it's. I think his brain kind of functions at a different frequency to other people's. Yeah, which, I mean, that's probably why he's like. Why I he's mean, a good actor. Why he's yeah. such a good actor. But I think, you know, it's. Um, it's interesting because, like. You don't see Ben Whishaw making a slapstick comedy. No. Like no. live action. No, that's true. Whereas in this, he has the opportunity to do that and he does it incredibly well with voice acting. Mm. Um, but it's probably not the sort of thing that, that necessarily people would cast him in. I don't mm. know if it was something he, he would ever be interested in doing. Yeah. But, you know, uh, and that's not to say he can't do comedy because some of the some of the elements in, in sort of Skyfall and Spectre, he has kind of mm. humorous interactions with uh daniel craig yeah um but yeah uh, there was there was just so much in this film that i thought was really fun and playful and Mm. um like the whole sequence of breaking into the geological society with hugh bonneville dressed up as the maid and yeah yeah. oh the bit where he's all about about his full song oh yeah exactly and uh, the guard tests it by sticking his (laughs) pin back and you can't feel this at all no (laughs) yeah yeah um, Stop that sexy woman! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it was that it's that scene that got this film a PG certificate. Really? Yeah, it's the it's the, the cross dressing and the use of the word sexy, sexy. that got it a right. PG. Interesting. Yeah. That's quite funny. But I and one of the other things I think is really brilliant in this is the running gag of the pigeons. Yes, because that that is like it's a funny running gag, but the payoff is really really good and it's such a huge part of the the finale um but yeah i I thought that was uh yeah i I really like that and i because i like there is quite a bit there's foreshadowing and stuff all Mm. throughout it and it it, it, i think it's done really really well Mm. Uh, but i know i I really loved it i really enjoyed it so you mentioned last time out that you're not a particular fan of nicole kidman no how do you think she worked in this um she was fine, yeah, because she she was what she needed to be. Mm. Um, I think she's less animated than Paddington. I think that's Botox. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, she was okay. I I don't think that. I think that the the biggest thing she brought to this movie was her name. I I agree that the part didn't have to be played by her. Yeah, but I assume it probably helped, helped. get fine. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that could have been you know. You know, it could it could have been anyone really, mm. um, but yeah, she was she was all right. She was fine because I, I don't I'm not a huge fan of Hugh Bonneville either, but I thought he was really good. It's um, funny, I can't stand Jim Broadbent. He shows up in this. Yeah, yeah. So I, I you know, I wouldn't say. Funny enough, because I, I watched it on my own. It's, uh, my wife wasn't that bothered about watching it, and then I really enjoyed it. And then last night we actually watched it again together, mm-hmm. uh, and she her comment was, Hugh Bonneville's good, but. I just feel that should be Martin Clunes. Interesting. And I as soon as she said it, I thought, yeah, I, he would be. He like I think he. I can absolutely see him doing that role. Interesting. In nineteen ninety six, it would have. Well, been. It, this is the thing. It's like what I said. <laughs> my response was that's the, the trouble is Hugh Bonneville has got 
he's got international appeal because of Downton Abbey. Yeah. And he was in Monuments Men and stuff like that. So he's kind of, he's, I mean, certainly more known now, but he's... Also, Martin Clunes looks like Martin Clunes. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I guess. But yeah. Yeah, no, I, I mean, apart from that, I thought all of the, the performances were, were good. A lot of the cameos were really fun. Mm. Uh, Matt Lucas... As, as the cab driver. As, as the cab the driver. The bit where she's great. torturing him under the bridge. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> that might have contributed to a PG certificate as well. Yeah. Hanging a man upside down under a bridge. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, he's really funny and he's got he gets that London cabbie thing absolutely spot on. I quite like um Peter Capaldi as the nosy next yes. door neighbour. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. Honeypot and fierce eagle. Mm. Yeah, who um and every now and again I just I kept thinking he, he looks like Frank Skinner. Like, he, like <laughs> it's really weird. He's just like, oh, he looks like Frank Skinner. How weird? Yeah, yeah. I think I think that's kind of all the notes I've got. Really. Oh, uh, the other thing that really made me laugh was the uh, sat nav gag. What's that? Where um, I, like it's been weeks since I. Watched okay, so this. There's, there's a bit where a crook is driving away uh, with a stolen wallet, and Paddington is trying to return. Bare left. The wallet, yeah, and it's the bare left joke. Yeah. That, uh, that really made me laugh. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's full of stuff like that. Mm. Just lots of little really nice little clever gags. Cool. Yeah. All right. Uh, I guess that's Paddington. Yeah. Uh, four thumbs up. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, we should move on to Pain and Gain, uh, which you need to uh, recap for us. Yeah, I'll try. This is um, it's a long time since I watched it, mm-hmm. but I will, I will try. Uh, so basically, the reason I pitched this is because I wa- I watched it and I just do not understand. I just I don't know what what to think of it at all. Right. I can't I can't decide if I liked it, if I hated it, if it was good, if it was bad, or if it was good because it was bad, or if it was bad because it was good, or right. what. Okay, it's just okay. this jumble Fine. of like I don't know what's going on in my brain. Um, it's based on a true story about three guys who are basically inept at pretty much everything in their mm-hmm. lives. Yeah. Um, they are, particularly the main character played by John Wal- uh, Mark Wahlberg. John Who? Wahlberg? Who's Mark, John Wahlberg? Played Inter- by Ma- Interestingly, my phone re- refused to accept the word Wahlberg. Right. Or my, my iPad refused to accept the name Wahlberg and get auto-correcting it to Wankbird. <laughs> Interesting. Um, yeah, so played by Mark Wahlberg. And he, he's, his whole motivation is he wants the American dream. Yeah, like he thinks he's he's owed the, his shot at the American dream, but he doesn't understand. Like, you know, and he's got this whole thing about you got to work for it, you got to work mm. for it. But but his solution is to steal somebody else's success. Yes, which I guess but you puts could, in a lot of hard work doing. So. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So it's kind of like a, sort of an ass about faced way of doing things. If he just put the hard work in achieving the American dream, he probably could have done it instead of putting the hard work into stealing somebody else's American yeah. dream. Uh, He's joined by uh, The Rock, who is a ex-con who's trying to have a religious epiphany and failing. Yes. And also Anthony Mackie, who has his own uh, issues with his masculinity. Yes. Um, Steroids have made his cock shrink, and he now has to get injections into directly into yeah. his penis by Rebel Wilson, yeah. who is also his girlfriend now. Yes. Um, 
Uh, and basically what they decide to do is there's this guy, they decide to kind of kidnap him and then hold him ransom for everything he owns. Tony Shalhoub. Yeah, it's Tony Shalhoub. And then basically that's they will have achieved the American dream and yes. everything that everyone everyone will be happy at the end of it. Um, and it was directed by Michael Bay. It's set in the 90s. Hmm. It was written by uh, the guys who have credit, at least, for Captain America Civil War. Interesting. Hmm. Right, okay. So it's this whole mishmash of all of these things that should be terrible, but is it good? I don't know. Uh, Mark Wahlberg is... He's playing... Mark Wahlberg is playing the role that he can actually do. Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. The kind of... The the, the guy that thinks he's smart but isn't. Did you watch that... that video of Andy Sandler yes, doing his impression yes. Mark Wahlberg from SNL. That is so funny. Uh, his impression is... is Spot on. Yeah, there's a follow-up video to that. Yes, I uh, saw that, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway, so I I honestly don't know what I think about it, and I wanted to pitch it to you because... So I could tell you what you think about well, it. Well, I want to know what you think, and I also know that, you know, pretty much you've got to give anything that The Rock is in a bit of a chance yeah, because he I, tends to elevate things. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so what did you think? I hated it. Really? I thought it was dreadful. Interesting. It is... It's... Oh, God. I don't know if I want to just explode now or if I want to build up to an explosion. Right. Um, it should Excellent. be a fast-paced farce about three idiots. Yes. It's not. No. It's long. Mm-hmm. It's baggy. It's nasty. It's yeah. just a mean-spirited film. Yeah. It's like, bizarre, isn't it's it? It's all that shit that a coked-up Michael Bay thinks is funny. It's boorish nonsense. Yeah. That's only funny to a particular type of person, Michael Bay. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Yeah. Like everything that was supposed to be a joke mm. fell short. Or yeah. anything that was supposed to be funny, like for example, uh, where they finally get around to trying to kill Tony Shalhoub. Yes. And they keep getting it wrong and getting it wrong. Yeah. And they end up with having to, like, <laughs> so they stick it, he's blindfolded and stuck in a car. They jam the accelerator down and run it into construction equipment. Yeah. They go over to check and make sure it's done. However, Anthony Mackie put the guy's seatbelt on. <laughs> so they then decide to try and set fire to the car. Shalhoub crawls out of the car on fire. Yeah. So they run him over with a van or rather they just bump him with a van and knock him down. And they yeah. finally think they've got it done by reversing back over him. Mm. You can make that funny. Yeah. In this film, that is underscored with like nasty music. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it just makes it mean. It's yeah, it's it's such a weird kind of like I said it's it's it's, it's this horrible like kind of mishmash of styles and and intent. I think that's the 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 the, the thing here is that you can see how you make these things funny, but the intent behind them is misguided. I have a note that says, angry, messy, nasty, tedious, nonsensical. Yeah. And the one above that says, imagine if the Coens had no charm. Yeah. Yeah. This yeah, is absolutely. Michael Bay trying to make a Coen Brothers film. Yeah. Yeah, no, And just because I get that, yeah. he's Michael Bay, he doesn't, he has his own particular type of... Lack of subtlety. Well, yeah. 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 Like I said, this is all the things he likes. Yes. All yeah. the things he thinks are funny. Like, it's just, yeah, frat boy bullshit. Mm-hmm. 
And yeah, like I fucking hated it. Really? Yeah. Wow. It took me 38 minutes to come to that conclusion. Um, <laughs> something that really set me against it was fucking Ken Jong turns up in it and I can't <laughs> stand him. Yeah. Every character that gets introduced gets their own voiceover. Yeah, that gets really messy, point, doesn't it? Up to the point where you get to Ed Harris, who's introduced over an hour into the film, yeah. and he gets his own introductory voiceover. Yeah. Um, there's... Uh, I don't know what to say. Um, there are so many blatant GoPro shots in it as well. Yes. Um, and I think they used a 7D or 5D, perhaps? Maybe. Who knows? Um we talked about Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, how he tends to elevate things he's in. Yes. I didn't think he was that great in this. Really? And it's not down to him. It's down to the character and how it's directed. Right. So, him as a massively pumped up but gentle Jesus freak, yeah. keeping his anger under control, yeah. is funny. Mm. But... They blow that by having him swear quite early on. Yeah. And not kind of feeling any, not feeling bad about it and not yeah. even trying not to. Yeah. And he doesn't play it naive enough. No, I, I don't guess. Think. Well, the, tr the trouble is with if, if he was that, I don't think he can be naive because he's, he's obviously had this past. Yeah. But I, I kind of know what you mean. Felt, it didn't feel quite right. Yeah, yeah, okay. Him, <laughs> him, the size and shape he is trying to do anything that normal humans, human beings do is mm, funny. Yeah. So when they're in the hospital and he's walking around dressed as a gigantic orderly <laughs> in scrubs that barely fit him, yeah. that's funny. Yeah. Uh, him, him and Wahlberg in the Pontiac Fiero, that tiny little two-seater car and the rocks, <laughs> like, yeah, his shoulders yeah. sticking out through yeah. the roof, yeah. Um, period. Mm-hmm. You cannot tell it's 1995, apart from a couple of the cars. That's true. Yeah, they don't dress. Yeah, in the, the period. Part of the, trouble, no... part of the trouble with that is, is that Michael Bay's style has not evolved. All right, fine. That's true. <laughs> that's also true. Um, yeah, I'm sure there's a scene. So, oh, mm, yeah, it just set me on edge i don't i really didn't like it it just felt nasty and greasy and unpleasant yeah well i mean if you think about the biggest joke in the film is when you get into the end credits and there's a credit for a hairstylist for dwayne johnson who's fucking <laughs> bald <laughs> i think it you know it is just this it's just such such an odd like I mean, who thought it was a good idea to make that this? Like I mean, if if you were the only thing I see that's wrong with it is, is that Michael Bay's in the director's chair. Yeah, see that you know what I, I said about Michael Bay trying to make a Steven Soderbergh movie. You can yeah, see kind of. you can kind of see this working if it was like him or Cohen's or yeah. it needs to be that kind of quirky yes. person who who understands the that knife edge of humor. It needs to, it needs to be raising Arizona and oh brother where art thou and it's not yeah yeah absolutely that's the, yeah that's the line the material to, even though it's like based on a true story mm. that's that's the line the material needs to take yeah 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 absolutely yeah it's like the thing that you get you hear like uh, Ricky Gervais and uh, Jimmy Carr 
say it's, it's knowing that line between the object and the subject of the joke and being yeah. able to to kind of navigate that so that yeah. you can you and can Bay tell doesn't... jokes or you can make fun of situations where you shouldn't think you can yes but you've got to make sure the right person's the butt of the joke but the other thing is mm. even though this is 100% a Michael Bay movie yeah it's not a Michael Bay movie so if you're someone who loves Michael Bay and you've gone into this thinking it's exactly. a new Michael Bay movie, yes, it doesn't yeah, yeah. have those explosive action yeah. set pieces. That's why I didn't from when... the opening sequence or like the end. That, the, uh, I, the kind yeah, of, yeah I mean? the wraparound. Yeah, I'm thinking uh, from when uh, Rock decides he's going to um, essentially mug the bloke who's loading the, the yeah. armored car mm-hmm. and steals two bags of change. Yeah. There's some of that there. Yeah. Uh, and in some of the shots of the SWAT team at the beginning, getting out of the van to go after Wahlberg. Yeah, there's some of that in that kind of wraparound. Yeah, yeah. I think that's why it didn't do very well. Yeah. Because everyone thought it would be a Michael Bay movie, which it both is and it isn't, like you say. Yeah. So it doesn't satisfy anybody. No. Really? (laughs) No, that's true. Um, Maybe that's why it's so confusing. Yeah, the other thing, there were frequent points where I'm like, what the fuck is going on now? I have no idea what's happening. Yeah, and see, the thing is, I think people who are talking. I I think Michael Bay knew that because there comes that point, probably two thirds of the way through, three quarters of the way through, where there's a title card that just, like, just to remind you, this This is is still based on a true story. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's It's a lot of men talking in a warehouse. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just. But not interestingly. Yeah, I know what you mean. That uh, is what was the th- the thing about you've got to leave, uh, enter a scene as late as possible and even leave, leave it as early as, early as, early as possible. possible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the only person who comes out of this with any kind of dignity is possibly the cinematographer. Yeah, because it lo- it looks like a Michael Bay film. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I thought it was just horrid. <laughs> yeah. Well, it seems to be like people tend to. It's a very polarizing thing because yeah. I heard amazing reviews when it came out. Like, mm. This is the best Michael Bay has ever been. Yeah. Uh, and I also heard people who liked it even less than I did. Yeah. And, and I was just utterly confused by the whole thing. Yeah. It's so, something I've been meaning to watch yeah. for ages. But That's why I was curious to see which, which way you'd go. Michael's Bay, Michael Bay has made one good film and it's called The Rock. Yeah. There we yeah. go. Yeah, no, uh, awful. And they didn't even digitally remove the reflection of the crew in Ed Harris's car when he pulls up at Tony Shalhoub's house. <laughs> yeah, it's a exactly. massively shiny yeah, car. Yeah. It pulls up, and there's 25 people clutching <laughs> yeah, booms. Yeah, and, yeah uh, mm. terrible, terrible, terrible. Yeah. Four thumbs down. <laughs> well, maybe three because you don't know what you think about yeah. it. Yeah. Right. So we were going to do something special for the pitch, mm. and now we're not. No. No, because I ended up last night, in fact, with him not knowing we were even going to record today, with me not knowing we were even going to record today, yeah. uh, ended up chatting to long-time uh, listener Pete Hammond, mm. who uh, told me that something he pitched to us ages ago is now generally available to the public. Mm. So we're going to do that. Cool. I found his email. Dateline, September 27th, 2014. <laughs> Pete, 18 months ago, (laughs) said, hello, chaps. A quick pitch, although I know you have something of a backlog. Not anymore. (laughs) (laughs) In previous episodes, you stated that a good documentary will hook you in despite its subject matter. Mm. Very true. With this in mind, I pitch you as the palaces burn. This music doc starts out as a straightforward documentary following the metal band Lamb of God. 
As I say the band's name, I can hear you losing interest. <laughs> but stick with it. It starts out with the usual fan interviews. Lamb of God saved me slash got me through tough times slash stop me killing again type nonsense, which, let's face it, is pretty dumb. It's been done a thousand times before. But then they land in Prague and shit goes south really fucking quick. Without giving too much away, vocalist Randy Blythe is arrested on a charge of manslaughter completely out of the blue at the airport. What follows is the court case and subsequent aftermath. Mm. The current Mrs. Hammond. (laughs) Love this doc, even though she's not a fan of Lamb of God, whereas I am and have seen them live numerous times. It's quite a shocking watch, but also highlights just how emotional things got. By the look of him, guitarist Willie Adler doesn't look emotionally equipped for a solo trip to Tesco, let alone the event in this film. <laughs> and just how, and there's a pause, and then inverted commas, unfair the Eastern European justice system can be. Um, hope you get around to it. It's an interesting watch. Cheers, lads. Awesome. So, yes, that is. Now, should disclose, it's available on YouTube. Yeah. Not necessarily officially. Yeah. So if you want to watch it, I recommend getting in quick. Yeah. Um, so we're going to do just that mm-hmm. and watch that for next episode. I'm not going to say next week. No. There's no point saying next week. That's usually yeah. a lie. Yeah. Right. I'm getting a headache, so we should uh, wrap this up and uh, have some lunch maybe. Yeah. Right. So if you have seen As the Palaces Burn, available now on YouTube unofficially, go and watch it before somebody takes it down. Mm-hmm. You can tell us on Twitter in the short form at HYS Podcast. We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash have you seen podcast. The website is have you seen.net. And the email that Pete sent that email to 18 months ago uh, is uh, podcast at have you seen.net. We also have a YouTube channel, youtube.com slash HYS Podcast, where you'll find uh, little videos that we have made for basically video pitches, films yeah. we like that we're not going to cover on the show because we've both seen them and we both like them. Yeah. But we think you should watch them. And also, of course, also, I'm drunk, awesome. Uh, Also, the epic episode 100 in video form. That was a long time ago now. It was. A long time ago. Mm. Very weird. We like shares and likes on Facebook, particularly if you show posts. We like retweets on Twitter, again, especially if you show tweets. We like your reviews and ratings on iTunes, especially those with lots of stars. And we like your pitches for new films and reviews of stuff we've covered. Mm Mm-hmm. Thank you to all of you for listening, especially if you've done any of those things. Thank you to Upbeat Productions for letting us into the submersible. Thank you to Alexia Marm for his technical expertise and Nicola, the social media manager, for managing the social media. I think that's it. I think so too. Awesome. Let's go and watch a documentary involving heavy metal and court cases. Awesome. Uh, That's it. And we will see you on episode 113 uh, soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.